The Medallion, Chapter 52 When Corvin opened his eyes, Kate was resting peacefully at his side, a touch of a smile on her face and the tiara shining in her hair. Corvin touched her cheek, relieved to feel the warmth of her skin. How long could her body live in this suspended state? Sari came into the room and smiled down at them. The time has come for you to leave, but don't you worry about Kate. I will use your medallion to go see her whenever the old man is away from the chamber. I will do my best to keep her body nourished and her spirit encouraged. She gestured toward the kitchen. Come, you need to take some nourishment as well. Corvin followed her and found Gavin sitting in the corner of the kitchen, petting a furry creature hanging over his shoulder like an extremely long beanbag. Sari smiled. Gavin may not speak to us, but the animals sure understand him. I have been trying for the longest time to entice that creature to come inside my house to keep the mice at bay. Brightening the lumion hanging overhead, she handed Corvin a cup. Corvin took a small sip. This time the sour lemon overpowered the banana flavor. Sari was watching his face. I know, it's good for me. At least it was better than eating the raw fruit. My special juice will give you the strength during the long hike through the labyrinth back to your home. She gave him a small packet and a skin full of liquid. Take these as well. Jockton once got lost and almost starved to death before he found his way back. Quickly she touched his hand. Not to worry. You know the way, and as soon as you are ready, I will open the passage. Gavin jumped up and laid the limp creature down. It curled into a tight furry ball as the boy pulled out his skeleton key and began assembling it. Sari crouched down in front of him. No, Gavin. You can't go with him. You belong here. Corvin must take this journey by himself. The boy's face fell. Sari shot Corvin a glance that told him not to even think about arguing with her, then turned to Gavin. I will need you here while Corvin is away. You can help me in the gardens and we can gather fruit to feed Kate. Gavin's eyes brightened and he looked to Corvin for permission. I agree, Corvin said, and without you, Gavin, I would never have found my father or my way back here, but now you need to stay behind and help Sari. Gavin's eyes widened and his mouth dropped open as he began to search inside his tunic. Pulling out a flattened roll of parchment, he held it up to Corvin with an apologetic shrug. Corvin unrolled the parchment on the top of the counter. His father rarely wrote anything down, but this was clearly his printing. His father had carefully etched his message in charcoal, but now his words were smudged and difficult to read. On one blackened line he could make out the words, Rescue me. Another long blotch, then black box, your mother, the truck. A deep crease was now only charcoal dust. The final line was the only one not blurred. To make this end, we must go back to where it all began. Sari took the note and tapped the lumion bulb overhead until it hurt Corvin's eyes. She lifted the parchment in front of it. I thought so. The first line says, do not try to rescue me. Then he says to bring the black box. Is that what the scepter is in? I think so. He was going to give me the box on my fifteenth birthday, but I left to come here. That must be what's inside. She turned back to the sheet of paper. I'm afraid the next line has been erased by the fold in the paper. Corvin squinted at the smudged line. He must be telling me to keep my mother away from her grandfather in Dubacombe. He would never want to put her in danger. Sari dimmed the light and handed the paper back to him. I'm not so sure. The last line says we must go back to where it all began. Perhaps he knows he will need your mother's help to defeat him. Corvin shook his head. I won't bring her down here. Remember how the old man talked about another woman I loved that would suffer? At first I thought he meant Tirith, but he was referring to my mother. You said he's looking for revenge. 
Sari studied his face a long moment. I think to be sure you must go home so you can tell your mother what has happened. She is a wise and capable woman who knows Tekelian better than anyone and will know the best course of action. She handed him the water skin and packet from the table. You will need to hurry. I have been thinking about what I saw in the chamber. I believe the old man may be looking for a way to move the chamber and to hide it away from the rest of us. Can he do that? I always understood he would have to have all three icons in his hands, but he is crafty. I will keep an eye on him, but you must return here as quickly as possible. She turned to Gavin. We will need your help. You can use your key to let Corvin out of here, and then he will use his key to spin Kate back to us after he has said goodbye to her. Gavin beamed and trotted into the other room, key in hand. Corvin and Sari followed him. You had better crouch down and hold on, Sari pointed at the table. Jockton's spinning table threw you off your feet when you arrived. Corvin knelt by Kate and gripped the edge of the table. Sari touched his shoulder. May the path you choose lead you to the truth. Sari nodded to Gavin, and the boy twisted his key in the hole. The floor trembled, the walls spun past him, and Corvin was alone in the dark. He shook the globe Sari had given him, and the tiny floating stars came to life. The soft glow revealed a fresh sadness on Kate's face. Did she sense that he was leaving her? He held out her hand. The soft glow revealed a fresh sadness on Kate's face. Did she sense that he was leaving her? He held her hand. Kate, I have to leave you for a while, but I'll come back as soon as I can. Sari says she'll come and see you as often as she can. He kissed her cheek. I'm coming back for you, I promise. The ground trembled, and Corvin barely got off the table before the platform rumbled around and an empty stone table spun into the place where Kate had been. Corvin studied the empty table. Kate's body was safe for the time being, but both her and his father were running out of time. He left the rounded room at a brisk walk. Their fate rested now on his shoulders, and he was not going to let them down. Shaking the light ball, he turned away. Doubt crept into his mind before he was even out of the first tunnel and back in the cavern where the burrock had left them. How could he possibly pull this off by himself? What if he got lost like Jockton? What if his father or Kate died before he could find his way back? Without Gavin beside him, would the burrock attack? Other than the key with the hidden knife, he didn't even have a weapon along. He pulled out the round cylinder and rolled his thumb around to find the button. As he approached a tunnel into Kadir, a new realization hit home. Sarek said the doors opened automatically on the way to the surface, but only for the lizard. It was foolish to leave Sarek behind with Kale. His mother would not have been surprised to see the lizard. Obviously, she would have seen his kind when she lived in the core. With a heavy heart, Corbin stepped into the wider tunnel above the door and turned up toward the labyrinth. He should probably go back right away to talk to Sari, but at least he should see if the portals would open for him. Just ahead, Kate's white sneakers lay tumbled together at the base of the large rock. Corvin stopped. The last time he was here, the runners were on top of the rock. Someone or something had moved them. A shadow by the rock shifted. His legs were kicked out from under him and the light ball went flying as someone dropped heavily on top of him. Corvin rolled on his back, but the person stayed with him. Corvin felt the bite of sharp steel at his neck. Don't move, or you will die. Jorid's angry voice echoed down the tunnel. The light ball rolled back towards them. The pressure on the knife increased with Jorid's bitter words. So, the great Corvan is still trying to save the girl. I should have known you'd be playing your childish romantic games. Jorid's face pushed in closer, 
What have you done with Kate's body? Where did you take her? That's none of your business. Corvin tried to push the man off, but Jord held the blade tighter against Corvin's neck. It is my business. I need the medallion she wore to save Tyrus' life. Yes, but what about Kate's life? You brought her here to feed her body to the Burak, and now you've come back to take her medallion. What sort of person are you? Jord glared at him. And you were planning to kill the men that carried her if I hadn't scared them off? That's not the kind of person Tirith would even want to be rescued by. Jorah's eyes blazed. You don't know anything about what Tirith wants. You don't belong here, and she's not interested in you. The man's voice was growing more intense, his knife pushing harder into the side of Corvin's neck. He had to knock Jorah's knife away or the man would kill him in a fit of anger. Corvin clenched his fist and found Ceres' key with his switchblade knight was still in his grip and pointed directly at Jorah's knife hand. Corvin slipped his thumb up, pushed hard on the release. The blade shot out and stuck deep into Jord's wrist. George shouted and his blade fell to the ground and Corvin threw all his weight to one side, toppling Jord over in a heap. Scrambling to his feet, he scooped up Jord's knife with his free hand and pointed both blades at the man. Jord pushed slowly away and leaned up against the tunnel wall. Reaching inside his tunic, he pulled out a strip of cloth and began to bandage his wounded wrist. I am not your enemy. I helped you save Kate's life while we carried her to Molokar, and I let you go back to the surface to save her life and yours. I did not turn you over to the rebels. They knocked me out and took her away. I am not the one who tried to kill Kate. The high priest and mare are to blame for that. All along I have only wanted to do what was best for Tirith and the Corps. You and Kate got caught up in the struggle for the control of the Corps. You should not have come back. He finished wrapping his hand and looked up at Corvin. This is not your fight. You are not from the core. Corvin jumped toward Jorid. I am from the core. Jorid remained silent. That's right. Corvin spit the words out. Although I lived on the surface, this is where I came from. That is why the hammer brought me back, and that is why my medallion pulled Kate back again. I was sent here to be your core van. Jorid squinted at him. So the legends were true. All three were taken to the surface, and now you are returning them. That explains all the recent activity in the chamber and among those fighting for control. He sat up straighter and tested his hand, opening then clenching his fist. So you have Kate's medallion? No, someone else took it. Jorah turned his attention back to his hand. Who? That's none of your business. Jorah studied his face before speaking. Kate's not dead. I came back because one of the men that carried her here swore she was still alive. At first I thought he was only imagining seeing her breathe, but when you frightened him and they dropped her, he said her eyes opened, blinked, and focused on him. If the high priest did not find a medallion on Kate, then he was using Tirith to steal away the one I have. Jorid pushed himself to his feet. I came back to find Kate. If she is alive, I promise I will help save her. Why would you do that? Jord looked past him down the tunnel. Because she saved me from the Burak in this very place, and I owe her my life. I took a vow to her, and my promise still stands. He turned to Corvin. I also need to redeem myself. I made a mistake when I was younger. I took a path I thought I could control, and all the people around me suffered. Corvin could relate to those feelings. So you started eating Lumian seeds. Jorid pursed his lips, then shook his head. 
No. I started out selling Lumian seeds, taking them from Kadir and selling them to a contact who sold them on to someone else. I had plans to do great things, but everything unraveled and I started using the seeds to help me think. People double-crossed me, and my wife and child were taken to the chief watcher and executed when Morgan betrayed me. That's when I finally quit using Lumian power. I tried to rebuild my life, but it hasn't been easy. George seemed to be telling the truth, but Corvin knew firsthand how deceitful people could be when they were using Lumian seeds. George gestured toward Kadir. When I first found Kate here on her way into Kadir, she befriended Deburak, so I was sure it would not eat her but rather take her to its nest. Is that what happened? Corvin shrugged. He didn't want to tell Jord anything about what happened to Kate. Kate wore the glowing medallion when I met her in the chamber. Do you know about the council chamber of the Corps? Corvin hesitated, then nodded. It would be good to find out what Jord knew about how it worked. The man continued, You said someone took her medallion. Are you referring to someone inside the chamber? Corvin looked away. Your silence speaks louder than words. You would not be here searching for her body at the portal door unless you knew these things as well. Have you been to the chamber? Did you meet, he paused, him? Corbin shuddered at the memory and the black knife wavered. Jord nodded. I thought as much. I would suspect he has made a bargain with you for Kate's life. You bring him the hammer and the scepter and he will let her go. Jord spread his hands wide. I can help you, Corbin. If we work together, we can still save Kate's life and Tyrus too. Jord took a step up the tunnel and Corvin raised both knives at him. Jord stopped. We need to find Kate's body and make sure she stays alive until I can find a way into the chamber. Why should I trust you, Corvin said. Jord picked up the light ball and handed it to Corvin. I need your help to save Tyrus' life. The rebel leader has taken her to Roseanne, and he's demanding a medallion as ransom. Corvin pushed the blade back into the handle of Sari's knife and tucked it away in his tunic. Keeping a tight grip on Jorid's black blade, he took the glow globe from Jorid. You already have one. You used it to meet Kate in the chamber. Jorid stopped. He wants the master medallion, the glowing one Kate carried. He pulled out a medallion on a chain. This one will not save Tyrus' life. Corvin watched the silver disc spin in the blue light from the portal door. George's medallion might not be the glowing one, but would it open the labyrinth doors and lead him to the surface? George drew nearer. If I help you rescue Kate, will you help me rescue Tirith? Once I rescue Kate, I'm taking her and my father home and leaving the core forever, Corvin said. I do care about Tirith, but I understand. Let's agree that I will help you, but when you leave the core, you will pass the glowing medallion on to me. Do we have an agreement? The medallion turned slowly as it dangled from George's hand. It would be needed to retrieve the scepter from his home and then rescue his father and Kate. After that, he would be more than willing to leave George's medallion, the master medallion, the hammer, the scepter, all behind. If you will let me use your medallion until we can rescue Kate from the chamber and my father, we will all leave the core together. I will do as you say. Jord held out his medallion. I appreciate you're not trying to trick me with false promises. What you have suggested sounds fair. My only stipulation is that you return the medallion to me if I am in immediate need of it. Corvin nodded, and Jord dropped the medallion into Corvin's hand. He held it gingerly. Could the man pull him into the chamber through this one? 
There was no sense of connection or cold. Jorid was studying him. His eyes betrayed an uncertainty and fear that Corbin had never seen in Jorid before. Beads of sweat glistened on the man's tightly creased forehead. We need to go, Corbin said. Where to? I need to go home for the scepter. Jorid shook his head. I won't leave the core. Well, then you can wait for me in the caves just below my home. It won't take me long to find the scepter and we can come right back. But what about Kate's body? Jorid said. She's somewhere safe. Corbin walked around Jorid and shook his light globe out to light the way. This would all be in vain if Jorid's medallion wouldn't open the labyrinth doors. <laughs>